On your marks. Get set. Go. Supergirl Radio, your source for all things related to CBS's Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. I'm Rebecca Johnson. I'm Carly Lane. I'm Morgan Glennon. And like Kara Danvers, for this episode of the podcast, we have some visitors. Joining us to discuss World's Finest are Lauren Galloway and Andy B. from The Flash Podcast. Welcome to Supergirl Radio, guys. Thanks for having us. We're excited to talk about the episode. Awesome. Where where the hell are we? I we Laura, we ran too fast again. We were supposed to go to Jake Eric and now we're here. Are we in Earth four, Earth five, Earth six? I mean I mean I guess Earth three, unless Gotham wants to be Earth three. I don't know. But uh, howdy, how you got all doing? I'm excited to talk about this episode as well. Doing really well, and we'll we'll help you guys get home by the end of the podcast episode. <laughs> um, but first, let's get into our discussion of the season one Supergirl episode titled "World's Finest." Here's the official description by CBS: "Quote: Kara gains a new <coughs> ally when the lightning-fast superhero, the Flash, played by Grant Gustin, suddenly appears from an alternate universe and helps Kara battle Siobhan, aka Silver Banshee, and Livewire in exchange for her help in finding a way to return him home." Unquote. So this was a really exciting episode, huge event on TV this week. What did you guys think about Kara and Barry's first meeting? And I'm going to throw it over to Lauren because this is her first time on Supergirl Radio. What did you think about Kara and Barry's interactions? I loved it. I mean, I think we all knew going into this that this episode was just going to be an explosion of cute <laughs> because Melissa Benoist just has that, just, she's just such a sweetheart and so is Grant. And I feel like... Like, in an alternate universe, they could, like, be best friends or brother and sister. Like, they had such incredible chemistry. And I, I feel like the the lightness of Supergirl, just the show in general, really fits Grant's version of Barry. Because he is kind of geeky and silly. And, and he's I think he is so much like Melissa's Kara. And I, I think they just had perfect chemistry and they had a lot of fun together. And I love that the episode hasn't even aired like for a full 24 hours and Twitter is already full of gifts of <laughs> like him giving her the ice cream and them hugging and the high fives. I loved it. Annie, what about you? I have never you know cried out of t- uh, happiness so many times in one TV episode. This was literally one of the funniest TV events that I've seen in the past three, four years. So, you know, look, we've had, we've had some pretty, fu- you know, cool crossovers on the air on the flash and so on. And, you know, all in endless tomorrow as of the season, but this blew them all out of water. You know, like we've seen, you know, and some, you know, we've seen a lot of verses going on right now with the superheroes, you know, with civil war, Batman v Superman and Punisher versus Daredevil and stuff like that. But it was nice for James to see, just two adorable people like these to just get together and just save the you know save the day and all that because like Lauren said 
those two, you know, both Grand Gus and Melissa are very similar in the, with their characters, and probably in real life as well. And um, seeing them just come together, it's like it is the most natural and like appropriate crossover ever because and i like the fact you know some people would say well is it fun that they're so similar like it wouldn't be funnier if it if they actually were a little bit different from each other i'm like not all the time i actually like the fact that, that they do get uh, are they are so similar that's why they get along so well so i you know i had this they were cute together i want to see more of them i almost wanted to just tweet and say can't he just stay here but then i realized that everyone that we love on earth one is still there so i was like well i guess we just have to wait for that little crisis thing to happen whenever it does yeah that would be fun to see barry stick around um i'm gonna throw it back over to my supergirl radio co-host to to get y'all's opinion on what barry's arrival meant for Kara and what that did for her character in this episode um carly we will start with you I said this on Twitter, but I feel like this episode is the best cure for any case of the Mondays. Um, I mean, it's, it's it was impossible to be if you were in a bad mood before this aired last night. That was gone within the first five seconds of Barry and Kara just being interacting in the same universe. I loved that they. It wasn't all, you know, really cute and adorable moments. They had a really great conversation one-on-one on on the Caco balcony where Kara opens up to Barry about being a superhero and says, I don't know how the people of National City are going to trust me again after the whole event with the red kryptonite. So that was really touching. And I, and I feel like Melissa and Grant brought the right amount of emotion to it. And Grant as Barry is just so compassionate and caring that you really felt that come across, even though they really haven't been friends for that long. Like the two of them together acted like they've known each other for years. So overall, I felt like it was, it was more than just a cute episode because he really gave her some great advice about being a superhero and they were able to relate about a lot of stuff and like bond over naming of villains and (laughs) And, you know, I still I still wanted a scene where the two of them do karaoke, but maybe we'll get that in the sequel. <laughs> yeah, yes, that, that would be really fun. And, yeah, I agree. The 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 line that Kara says to Barry after he gives her that really great advice is, you know, I'm really sorry you're locked out of your world. but I'm really glad you're here. So uh, I thought that was a, a really nice moment for her, because for Kara, this is the first I mean, Martian Manhunter's on the show, but this is her first kind of real friend who actually goes out and does the superhero thing on a regular basis. So it's kind of nice to have her meet a super friend. <laughs> um, Morgan, what were your thoughts on the, uh, Kara's interactions with Barry? Oh yeah. I mean, I love the whole episode. It was like Carly was saying, it's like, it's impossible to watch that episode and not be in a good mood. I think like five minutes into the episode, I was already like smiling like a crazy person and was just smiling like all night, just thinking about him giving her the ice cream and her like reaction to how, like how excited she was about getting the ice cream. It was so good. And I do like that they, um, you know, obviously it was so cute and it was like, basically the episode was charm city because you have such two such charming performers just sort of bouncing off of each other and Melissa uh, Benoist and Grant Gustin but they also had some like some really nice touching moments where they sort of got to talk about what it's like to be a superhero and uh, I, I also really liked the um, the advice he gave her about kind of going after what she wanted as far as her relationship and and going like kind of confronting her feelings for um, for James 
So I, I really liked, I think that it worked on a lot of levels. I thought it was such a good episode and such a good character episode for Kara as well. Oh, absolutely. And in addition to all that good character stuff, we got a lot of action sequences and a lot of Supergirl and the Flash being superheroes and using their superpowers together. So what did you guys think about <laughs> all those fun things that we got to see them do? Um, Lauren, we'll start with you. Yeah, it was it was great to see their dynamics and how Barry has learned a lot of things that Kara hasn't quite learned yet. Like Kara was just so willing to run in without a plan. And Barry has done that enough times and like paid for it to know that that wasn't a good idea. <laughs> like it was interesting to see how that, you know, the flash is in its second season and to know kind of the trials that Barry has gone through and how he's developed as a hero and that Kara is still learning some of those things. And yet at the same time, Barry still makes mistakes because he, you know, kind of stupidly tried to throw a flashbolt at Livewire <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, gave her a charge instead of uh, taking her down. So, you know, I think my favorite, you know, team up moment was definitely the very end when they decided to combine their speed together to send Barry home. You know, and I know that, <clears throat> you know, there are a lot of verses things going on right now with Civil War and Marvel and Batman v Superman and it was just great to see Barry say hey let's work on this problem together and you know let's try to let's try to solve these problems together and I really enjoyed that yeah and it was something that he couldn't do on his own so it was nice to see that she was able to help him with that um, Andy what were your thoughts did, uh, what, what did you geek out over seeing them do in this episode I can only pick one. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, there, because there was so many. I don't know who said it in a few minutes ago, but this was just really Charm City. So um, no, but I I liked when they when they first met and he uh, when he saves her from uh, Catacombs building. And <clears throat> by the way, how casual was Catacombs? Like, oh, she got pushed out of a window. I couldn't care less. <laughs> yeah, that was a little yeah, she, she seemed really zen about the fact that her assistant just got like you know thrown out a window. She was like, oh. Whatever. Oh, she's like, oh, you're, oh, you're back. I hope you had a fun time down there. And, she's like, but, it already, uh, I already did it last week. <laughs> yeah, like, it, it, like it's like it's one of my it's usually regular things. But uh, I, I love when they first met and that you know they're he's she sees him running you know down on the ground and so. And, and I'm also glad that they. This is going to sound really weird, but I'm glad that they kept the effect. You know, even though I'm sure they have all the money in the world to do, you know increases you know the super speed effect. So I'm glad they kept the same way so that it matches what we see on on um, on the CW when we see the final song. Because I didn't want it to look more better on CBS, and then when <laughs> we get back, it's going to be like, oh look at that, can't you do better? Uh, and so on. And no, I love when they first met each other. I love when. I, I do love that uh, the reference when he's like, you know, one for all. And you guys have the free musketeers on this one? And she's like, yeah, one for all. And that was kind of when I, it's, oh, there's too many moments. I could go on for hours. And also the ice cream, just because like, I've never seen a 24-year-old woman look so much like a four-year-old in that moment when she goes, oh, yes, ice cream. <laughs> and um, yeah, no, it was, it was just, all the when they were being sassy to, um, Silver Badgie and Lion, where that was also one of my favorite moments. Yeah, you mentioned the Three Musketeers thing. They they kind of go over what the you know Supergirl's Earth has 
They have Central City, they have Star Labs, they have Mariah Carey, they have Aliens, they have Three Musketeers, but they don't have Cisco, Ramon, Harrison Wells, or Caitlin Snow. What did y'all think about that? You know, coming from the Flash podcast, talking about all those characters. I mean, I can't live in a world without Iris, so that was just like, nope, go home, get the get the f out of here. We had to go home. Uh, no, but it well, was, Iris it, might have been there. I, I don't know. Did he look up Iris? I, they didn't mention uh, Iris. Well, he said that nobody, no, but no one exists here that can help. Um, well, he did, he I, just specifically mentioned Cisco, Ramon, Harrison Wells, and Caitlin Snow. I'm not sure what what specifically Iris would have been. This even this version of Iris would have been able to do to help. Like, oh, I mean, it's not like she's. It's it's not like. Cisco or uh, Caitlin, where they're like scientists, or Harrison, where he's you know he can think up some like invention. It, Iris would have just been like, I don't know if she's a reporter in this universe. Like, I'll write an article about it. It's like that's not helpful though. I need to get home. But it was interesting that they mentioned that uh, Supergirl's Earth has a Star Labs, so maybe there's a possibility yeah. that we might see that sometime down the road. And I was curious. I'm, I'm going to stick with the Flash people for a little while. Um, mm. What were your thoughts on uh, getting some Flash references in the episode? Uh, they mentioned Pied Piper. They mentioned Blackout and Zoom. What, 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 did y'all enjoy that? Yeah, it was cool to see that it wasn't just Barry in a Supergirl episode, that he was able to pull on some things that he's learned before. And I think it was really perfect timing that in order to stop Banshee's scream, that he used the same earplugs that Cisco designed to stop Pied Piper because tonight's episode of The Flash um, is about Pied Piper. So there's definitely... They definitely seeded the right kind of, I think, um, like connectivity. And I think it was cool that Barry was like, yeah, I've already defeated a metahuman that has these types of powers. Because I think that was him kind of encouraging Kara that, hey, you may have never seen someone like this or seen a challenge like this, but I have and I can help you defeat it, which I thought was cool. Absolutely. Um, Carly, um, we'll, we'll go over to the Supergirl radio people now. Um, what did you think about Supergirl and the Flash kind of working together and using their superpowers? Because we saw that a lot in this episode. Do you, do you have a favorite moment of them doing that? 85% chance of punching. Um, <laughs> I, it, I don't, there were so many good moments. I do, I did like the scene where Supergirl and the Flash confront, the, for the second time, confront Livewire and Silver Banshee. And Barry has that great line when they have Kat, like, why don't you step away from the nice lady and we'll settle this like women, <laughs> which is amazing. He's like, what? There's more of you than there are of me. And I, I, I don't know why, but to me, it just felt like such a great line, like Barry recognizing the ladies around him and like being aware of it. But also, I don't know. It was just, I, I was like, is Barry Allen a feminist? Can we say that now? Um <laughs> But it was just, it was really nice because you kind of also got to see their partnership evolve and how they work together. Because I think in their, in the first, the first time they encounter them, they're not really, they, they, they're not really a united front yet. Like she doesn't really, Car doesn't really have a great plan. Barry's kind of going along with it, but he doesn't really think anything's going to come from it. And they bail, you know, they bail out when they realize that they're totally not prepared in the slightest. Um... So it was really nice because you kind of got to see what it would look like when they were more of a team. Like just, you know, we kind of got a a glimpse of what it would look like if they were part of a maybe had to go up against like a potential big enemy. 
so yeah, I don't know. It was great. I liked. I also liked that. You know, we we kind of got to see an imperfect like Supergirl Flash at first. Like it didn't. They weren't. They weren't like a smoothly running machine right away, which felt more realistic. Because like what it, you know what I don't know if it would ne- if I would necessarily buy it if like ten minutes after meeting they were able to take down Livewire and Silver Banshee and then like do the like slow motion high five and then walk off into the sunset <laughs> together. Like that wouldn't seem believable. So I like too, that they kind of had to get a sense of each other and what, like what the other's abilities are. And that, I think that also came from just the two of them sitting in the DEO, like talking, which probably a lot of it was implied that we didn't get to see. Yeah. I think it's so. definitely much more organic to see them kind of struggle with it at first and then kind of, rely on each other's strengths towards the end of the episode. Um, Morgan, what did you think about their superheroics in this episode? Oh, I really love them. I honestly, I just want to like drill hearts around this whole episode. I loved it so much, but I like that. Like in the end, they essentially never really beat the villains at all. Like, even though they're such a great team and they're so fun together, they didn't actually do a very good job at taking down the villains. Like at the end of the day, like some fire, like some firemen did it uh, both times that they sort of went up against uh, Livewire and Silver Banshee. They sort of failed a little bit. Uh, and I like that, actually, because like Carly was saying, it would be a little unrealistic if like, you know, five seconds after they met, they were like, you know, just ridding the whole city of crime. Um, I liked I liked so much so many things about this episode, though. I loved um, when they're in the D.E.O., and uh, he wants to take a picture next to the spaceship. <laughs> so good. I mean, I think that, like, we haven't talked about it, but Wynn was so funny this entire episode. Like, that's a that's not a combination I thought too much about going into this um, this crossover. But Wynn and Barry had such a funny, like, interaction with each other that I wasn't expecting that was really enjoyable. Yeah, uh, Wynn got really excited about the multiverse. And he was totally, he was totally game to take Barry's picture. And then Kara kind of was like, I don't think you should do that. And he was like, no, dude, we, we shouldn't do that. <laughs> so yeah, I agree. Wynn was great in this episode. And you mentioned the, the fireman at the end. And I think it was actually really nice that even though Supergirl and the Flash have all of these powers, they, they didn't save the day, but it was a, you know, an ordinary citizen an everyday person who, who comes to their aid. And it's sort of part of Supergirl's redemption arc and all of that. So I actually really liked that. Um, and I'm surprised nobody mentioned, um, and I don't know the technical term for this Andy and Lauren, so you'll have to correct me, but the tornado arms plus the super breath. No, <laughs> nobody's going to mention how they, they both use that at the same super, time. Super. Super tornado breath. I mean, that uh, baby, was that awesome. was awesome. Um, uh, that was probably my favorite part of their uh, super heroic actions when they kind of teamed up. That was really fun. Um, just because they, you know, even though Barry, you know, the Flash only has kind of, you know, speed is his main power. He can do all of these. <laughs> only has speed. Look I, at this you one know, going. I, I let me finish. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he has speed, but he can use it to do other things. And it's neat to see that even though, you know, speed's his main priority, he can do things that sort of similar to Kara. So that was kind of neat. Um, and now that we've talked about the heroes, what did you guys think about the villain team up in this episode? It was kind of cool that it was, you know, two heroes teaming up and then two villains teaming up. So, um, Lauren, we'll start with you. What did you think about Livewire and Silver Banshee? That was the the whole dynamic of that was interesting. And, um, you know, I'm not as familiar with 
the comic book characters. So, like, I didn't know what Silver Banshee's origin story was. I didn't know that it had kind of roots in mysticism, which, like, I didn't know that that even existed necessarily in, like, the DC world mm-hmm. or that they'd bring it onto the show, which I thought was interesting because I know we've talked a lot about, or not we, but, like, the general we've talked in terms, you know, being fans of Arrow and the Flash and Supergirl, that, like, Arrow, for instance, that they were very slow to introduce elements of magic. So Arrow was always the more grounded you know, villains were just bad guys who had an agenda. And then when they introduced the Flash, the villains were metahumans. And then this season they introduced Constantine and Damian Dark and there's an element of magic. And it surprised me that that already we have a magic-based like villain on Supergirl. So I'm like, I'm interesting to hear what you guys had to think about Banshee. But in terms of the team-up, I thought it was very, very, very smart that... We got a superhero team up and a villain team up and that they were able to, to put one over on Kara and Barry because it would have been too easy if they had taken Silver Banshee down or Livewire down so fast. And so I did enjoy the fact that there were two that there were two villains. It did seem a little I don't want to say unbelievable, but it just seems so random that like the biggest problem that these women had was getting fired from their jobs and now they're crazy <laughs> and they're going to try to like kill Kara. I mean, you know, I think we're all, we're all believers in strong female characters. And so for me, it was just like, Oh, so getting fired makes you crazy. Huh? Well, that's kind of strange. I thought the team up was really great. And I thought that both of the actresses who played Livewire and Banshee did a fantastic job playing off of each other's chemistry. What I was going to say was that I, I agree with you in terms of Livewire because she, you know, that one may, you know, be, be a little bit extreme why she wanted to go after them. But I, I do get uh, Siobhan's reason because remember, Kat pretty much got her blacklisted for you know because she wants to work as a journalist. She wants to be a reporter and she wants to work in this field, but she's pretty much been blacklisted in, I believe, in National City, and she cannot go back to Metropolis for the Daily Planet. So you know, essentially, her career has been ruined now forever, but thanks to you know, even though well, you know, she thanks to herself because she, yeah, yeah, thanks you know, to, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, but but, but evil people, but, but evil, they always think it's someone else. So they don't, they never take responsibility for themselves. So. Uh, I think it makes sense a little bit for her why she wanted to like I want to kill them and so on, but uh, as opposed to Lyra who was like, well, did, you never really got it. Did did did, did um, Leslie ever get fired by Cad? Because all I remember is that she got that injury and then she just went all you know sparky on them. Yeah, she had the kind of weird accident with the lightning in the helicopter when she was doing her reporting, and then she went to the hospital and then she kind of woke up. As live work. Yeah, but she never got she, but she never got fired though. So she, you know what? I, that's why I will give points to Lauren because it make because she maybe her motivation wasn't enough. But she, Siobhan's like I kind of because she is kind of like well she can't work as a journalist anywhere unless she wants to like I don't know move to the East Coast or something. But I don't know. Well, for Livewire, I think her motivation isn't just stemming from her becoming Livewire. She and Cat had issues for you know way back. Because they had known each other for so long and kind of butted heads on a lot of things. So I think Livewire's motivation is a little bit different than Siobhan's. So I, that, I think that's what I like about it. Um, Carly, what were your thoughts on the, the great villain team-up? The uh, What was it? The evil Taylor Swift squad? What did you think <laughs> about those guys? 
Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, I I I did appreciate the scene. Is it with who is she with the, from her family? Is it her aunt? Oh, it's, it's her aunt. Yeah. Yeah. So the scene where she's like, I don't know what's happening to me. Like, help me explain, but also provide exposition for the audience conveniently. <laughs> um, the only thing I didn't like about that was that it took away from Cara and Barry being adorable. But, <laughs> I mean, it's interesting because it's kind of, I guess it goes in line with what we were talking about in terms of Siobhan's motivation versus uh, Livewire. Is it Leslie? Leslie's motivation? Because um, the whole thing that the aunt says is that her silver banshee's powers get triggered uh when they're wronged mm-hmm. and um but i was thinking like is it really i mean was she was she really wronged or is it more like her perception that she's been wronged because i don't really know how that works but she kind of i mean siobhan basically kind of shot herself in the foot in terms of like getting herself fired because she was trying to you know she was trying to uh well first she tried to to scoop, you know, the Supergirl stuff. And then she snuck back into Kako and sent the email from Kara's computer trying to get her fired. So, <laughs> so she, I mean, then I think it was, it was more of like if she had kind of just left the first time and not tried to do the underhanded thing, maybe it could have gone better for her. But then she kind of, then she sent that really nasty email to Kako. <laughs> and it was like, oh, it was like the beginning, I think, of the, of the, of the band, the descent into Banshee. But it was interesting to me because it seemed like once she and Livewire had Cat in their clutches and Livewire started to get a little more intense with the evil like it almost seemed like Siobhan wasn't really sure what she had been getting herself into and was starting to question like she's like well you know maybe this was really just about kind of trying to get back at Kat and Kara for her and so the the possibility that anybody else could get hurt like she hadn't considered that so that was really interesting and part of me had almost wanted to would have been interested to see and I, I did appreciate that we saw like the citizens of National City come to Kara's aid, but I would have also been interested in seeing Siobhan kind of maybe like turn on Livewire and be like, look, I didn't sign up for this, you know? (laughs) Because I I mean, I think there was the whole scene with Wynn in in Catco where he tries to to, like plead to her better nature and say, you don't have to do this, you know? And then she has that great line that I'm sure, Rebecca, you wrote down. But, um... uh, (laughs) Uh, she has that great line before she makes him flip over with her scream. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I don't think she's, she's really as, I don't think she's as evil as Livewire is, or at least kind of as unfeeling when it comes to like potentially hurting someone else. I think she was more single-minded in her, in her like vengeance and so the whole, the concept of collateral damage didn't really enter into the equation for her until they were kind of in the middle of it and she realized what was happening. Yeah, that's really interesting. I think the, the idea of a curse is, you know, maybe it's based on perception and maybe it's not, you know, because everybody has their perception of right and wrong. 
So for for the curse to kind of come out when someone wrongs them, that's all that's all a matter of perception. What, what is what does Siobhan think is a wrong to her? So I think that's a really interesting point to bring up. And I do think that <laughs> Livewire might have been the more quote evil of the two, uh, just because she <laughs> she's more willing to kill people than Siobhan might have been. Um, and it's interesting to also bring up the idea of would Siobhan have been able to stop it because the curse seemed to kind of come over her and kind of take over. Her, her will and her body and her actions and thoughts. So uh, that's that's an interesting point to bring up. Um, Morgan, what were your thoughts on on this evil duo? Yeah, I think that's a that's a really interesting point. I think a lot of people are bringing up about the motivations of um, uh, Silver Banshee versus Livewire. I think that a lot of that has to do with um, with buildup because we've had Siobhan for uh, I don't know if it's been three or four episodes, but we only had the one episode with Livewire. So I feel like there was a lot more time to build up to her motivations. That's that's a really good point. And actually, Livewire is my favorite episode. Um, well, <laughs> well, maybe one of my favorites. There's probably there's probably a couple that that might fight for that uh, contention. But Livewire is an episode I think is, in my opinion, kind of perfect. And so Livewire to me is a really fun villain. And to see her come back was, you know, I was over the moon about it because I, I think she's awesome. I think uh, Britt Morgan is a great. Um, addition to the the rogues gallery for Supergirl. And so it was really fun to see her and Siobhan uh, as Silver Banshee kind of teaming up together, even though I thought for Siobhan, I will counterpoint the buildup. I think for for me, it was kind of weird that Silver Banshee, you know, Siobhan goes from like zero to Silver Banshee in no time. Like she has those flashes at the beginning and then all of a sudden she's Silver Banshee. And then like they have... Livewire giving her this makeover. Yeah, I was, she, like, I was gonna say I want to. I really want to talk about the makeover because I feel like that definitely for me came out of left field. Yeah. So mm-hmm. she was like, "I have to give you a makeover," and like her, I guess her own makeover was like, "I'm gonna wear a lot of leather and look cool." <laughs> and then like Silver Banshee's makeover is like, "What if you looked like someone from Kiss?" Yeah. It was weird. <laughs> it was like it was like I was like. Wow! Like I expected her to come out with her from her makeover because I'm not as familiar with the character, so I expected her to come out from her makeover like wearing all black, looking like you know Sandy at the end of Greece or something. Yeah. And she comes out and she looks like it's like Halloween and she's gonna go trick or treating. And I was so confused, and I felt like nobody adequately reacted nobody, to that. Nobody questioned <laughs> her appearance. Yeah, I yeah, I like like I uh, knew who she was, was right just, away. Like, yeah, Supergirl was just like, you don't have to do this. It, there was like no moment where she was like, and also, why the makeup? <laughs> like, I just wanted somebody to be like, I'm confused. Right? I it bet was there's very, a scene. It was very Day of the Dead, like Sugar Skull. Mm. Like the yes. way that they like made her lips kind of look like they were cracked open. It was really like, I thought the look was really cool. I think it did happen pretty fast. Um, you know, it's so interesting to see Italia Ricci look like that. Because like no other character she's ever played has ever been in that much makeup, but I thought I thought she pulled it off. But it definitely had a Day of the Dead. I mean, that like that opening scene from the new Bond movie, Spectre, and how everyone has like that kind of death skull makeup on. That's what it reminded me of. I would kind of expect for that kind of makeup, like something would have happened to her, or she, she would have gone through some sort of transformation. Whereas what it seemed like was like live wires, like you know what, like we just really need to punch up your look in a weird way. <laughs> and I just felt felt like it wasn't like it was. They they had like the one line where they're like, we're gonna we have to explain how we're gonna make her look like the comic book character, and let's not put a lot of 
effort into it. And then all of a sudden she was like in the makeup and I was like, all right, I'm going with it. I mean, I'm having fun, but why? I think that's probably one of those cases where it's a deleted scene for that because it just kind of reminds me of the first Flash Arrow crossover when Oliver and Barry, like, you know, once they've had their fight they say you know let's go take down rainbow raider and then we got back from commercials and they're like oh we got him and i'm like oh so we're not we're we're, we're not we're, okay oh we're not going with that we're not showing it okay okay i i i guess that's where i'm going so maybe and i tweeted andrew christ with that scene we were like was there supposed to be a scene where they actually did defeat him he's like no we didn't write it and it because you know of uh, time um limitations and stuff like that but you know just with the assumption that they did defeat them so hopefully there is a delete scene because yeah i'm kind of curious how did lie where like i'm just specifically you know let me shock you till you get the right look and um, and then you know like after like six ten okay there we go that's exactly what it looks like in your mind um i thought way too much about that it's needed so i'm sorry if i'm terrifying anyone right now <laughs> but uh, but yeah i i wanted to know how they like is you know can she shift back between those looks and so on, can she look human and then go back to being Silver Banshee whenever she wants to, or is she permanently going to look like that? That's why I feel like the, one of the few flaws of the episode. And once once again, I can't put enough emphasis on the fact that it was very few flaws for this episode. Yeah, I mean, Silver Banshee looked comic book accurate, which I totally appreciate. But um, I think for me, if I was going to do it, I probably would have explained it as you know. That's part of the magical curse that she can, you know, get this look when when she's affected by the curse. Um, so that's an g- interesting point to bring up about, you know, <laughs> is she going to be in that makeup forever? I don't know. Um, but uh, Carly, I-, I wanted to come to you because uh, Kat did seem to know everyone's secret identity in this episode. She kind of figured out Barry was the Flash. She immediately recognized that... Siobhan was Silver Banshee because she had crazy eyes. Um, what, did, what did you think about Kat being so perceptive in this episode? Oh, man. Kat had some of my favorite lines in the episode. Like, what was the one about you guys look like the like racially diverse cast oh, of the, the CW, CW show? <laughs> yeah, um, that was basically it. And so then good. when she told Barry that the Flash sounded like a guy standing in an alleyway opening his trench coat. Oh my god, I was dying at that line. That was, the, that was like, I think maybe my favorite line in the whole episode. It was so good. But like, that's where, that's, and I've talked about this in previous episodes on the podcast, but I feel like Kat, now I feel like Kat knows because is, that Kara is Supergirl because she immediately recognizes Barry as the Flash. She immediately like recognizes Siobhan like Silver Banshee is Siobhan like she, there's no not even a pause she's just like oh yeah it's you know, how are you doing well and that would explain her complete non-reaction to Kara getting thrown out a window like 40 stories up well that's yeah, like she thing. was just like well it's fine she'll be cool <laughs> yeah so I I find it very hard to believe at this point that she still wouldn't know um after everything like the red kryptonite like Car calling out sick when you know Supergirl's like conveniently down and out, um, or even like the episode where Kara loses her abilities and Supergirl's you know a wall because Kara hurts herself. It's just like there's too many coincidences at this point, and then when she gets like two of the other you know 
metahuman slash superhero slash supervillain people instantaneously. I'm like, you can't be that perceptive and be and then be completely blind to your own assistant that has worked for you for years. Yeah, I'm I'm interested now into seeing what that what this means for Cat and and the secret identity thing in the future because we've seen it before uh, and it got taken away. Uh, but in this episode, there was some stuff where Kat sort of knew things about Kara, too, about Kara and her relationship with James. She's, she was sort of perceptive of that whole situation as well. So uh, I'm curious about what the Flash podcast people have to say about James and Kara uh, and, and their romantic interactions in this episode. Um, Lauren, we'll start with you. What, what did you think about James and Kara and kind of how they were playing the, the jealousy angle and all of that? Actually, I wanted to chime in on what you guys were talking about with Kat Grant. I thought it was very noticeable that she was figuring out everybody's identities. And I think it's important to remember that she, like, she's a bit vapid and shallow sometimes in the things that she talks about. Like, oh, you have to schedule my eyebrow waxing and, you know, oh, make sure I have tickets for this event. But she really is intelligent and smart. She just doesn't, that's just not, like, the side of herself that she puts out all the time. And I think it's important to remember that she would be smart enough to know that Kara really is Supergirl. And I think she knows, like, I really, really think she knows, especially after yesterday. But I think she, I think if she had, I think if she told Kara that she knew, like their whole like playing office, that wouldn't, that wouldn't happen anymore. And I think she knows that Kara needs an outlet just to be normal. And so she's just, you know, calling her Kira. And I don't know, like, I think it's an interesting dynamic. And hopefully Cat Fest is up to knowing at some point. Um, but in terms of her, like, giving Kara dating advice on Jimmy Olsen, like, it reminds me of, like, I was in theater and my drama teacher, we didn't have to tell her if we ever had a crush on somebody. She always knew. <laughs> And she would always say, like, hey, are you going to go tell so-and-so that you like him? Or, oh, hey, did you notice that so-and-so likes you? And I think that that's very much the mothering side of Kat, that she's so observant. that she knows everything that's going on in her office, even if she pretends not to care or pretends not to know somebody's name. And uh, I thought it was really cute that she was, like talking about being the lighthouse and just telling Kara or Kira just to keep <laughs> shining because obviously she trusts Kara and she really likes her and she wants her in her life, even though she's dismissive of her sometimes. And I thought it was really cute how she just kept saying, no, just be yourself and, and Jimmy is going to take notice of you. And I thought, I thought that Barry coming in was perfect because now Jimmy Olsen really has competition because Barry is friendly and he's cute and he has superpowers. And I think that was like a perfect dynamic to kind of push Jimmy and Kara's relationship a step forward. Yeah, I, I liked that Kat gave her advice, even though she had the worst title for a guide that you could ever come up with. Her, her guidebook from 1998 was called The Lighthouse Technique, colon, shine your light and let him come to you. And before you know it, he'll be docked in your port. That is that is a that is a terrible title, oh Kat. And she and she's like, well, it got me a spot on Oprah, and I'm like, but was it worth it? That's a terrible title. <laughs> um, but but uh, I I think it is interesting that that Cat kind of does have that perception, and I like your um, your example, Lauren, of of your theater teacher, and how some people can just they just know. Um, Andy, what did you think about Car and James in this episode? Can we get, can we go back to it for a second when? 
she was using the cupcake metaphor. Yeah, yeah, yes. Let's definitely Be- talk about that. Because if it isn't obvious, Macabre Books is just as delicious as a cupcake. <laughs> I don't know why, but that scene cracked me up so much. Out of all the, out of all the crazy things that Cat Grant has said on this show, whenever she when she starts comparing people to food, I don't know what it is, but it's just mind boggling how funny that is. And no, look, as someone who's been shipping Jimmy Angara since the pilot, I'm like. Look, that kid was hot. I'm just saying, and that. It, but Car needs to learn how to get to the point faster because she like went on Infinite Earth for a long time, and even like if I look, I'm if I was, I would probably be like you know, oh great, she's talking about Barry again. And I I will say this though, the jealousy thing felt a little out of feel because didn't we just spend an episode? When she when he said I need some space between and so I'm like yeah. it's only been a week why are you now suddenly going on oh he Barry he's taking away my girl and uh, whatever That's well because like. men are possessive and men easily get jealous Ooh. I mean it's some are that, I, I sometimes the I truth am. comes out <laughs> well um, I can't I don't know if I can speak speak for the you know the alpha males out there because I am not one so but yeah I guess that's I guess there's some truth in that I don't. I don't know. That I never thought about that. I think somebody being around that was like a real legitimate threat, like made him realize that like maybe he didn't have Kara on lock, and like you know Barry could come in and and flirt with her, and kind of like they could have a connection. And suddenly he was on the outside. He didn't like that. Yeah, Carly, I'm really interested to hear your thoughts on this because I know you were really excited about the Barry and Kara flirting um, in this episode. So, what did you think about the whole Kara James thing? Uh, yes, I do love, I do love Barry and Kara. And it was so funny because I, it seemed also too like there were a lot of people that were, <laughs> that were like shipping them. Like they were like talking to Kara about Barry and like, Hey, like what's going on there? Like, eh. but I think it was interesting because I think some people took that to mean like that I didn't like James and Kara and I do. It's, you know, it's possible to like more than one ship people. Come on. Um, but I mean, I don't know, but maybe. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, like multiverses, they can exist peacefully in the same <laughs> space. Um, Carly's going to start, like, writing uh, circles <clears throat> on the the whiteboard. I'm going to write circles, and inside I'm going to do my ship. So it's going to be, like, it's going to be, like, Barry and Iris, and it's going to be, like, Barry and Car, and then it's going to be Car and James. Like, it's possible to, like, more than one relationship, people. Um, but I liked that... Barry gave Kara relationship advice with James. I think he recognized, like, even though he and Kara had a connection, that there was a thing that, that was going on there. And I also like that James got the nudge from Lucy. Like, we see Lucy coming in as the boss of the DEO looking fantastic. I'm so glad that she has this storyline because it's everything that I wanted for her character to see her in, like, this authority position. Um, but she kind of gives him permission to move on. Like, She's kind of says, you know, if if you're waiting because you think that this is going to hurt me, like don't. So I think that was that was a really great scene between the two of them because it kind of showed that their relationship, like they've each kind of started to move on as separate people, and you know, maybe we'll see Lucy at some point getting into a new relationship. And um, but the scene at the end, at the very end, when. James, you know, shows up at Kara's apartment and then she starts talking <laughs> and immediately when she mentions Barry's name, you just see this look on his face like, like, oh, I'm so over this guy. Like, can we not have a conversation about him anymore? Because I'm sure Wynn was talking his ear off about Barry left and right. So he, I'm sure James Olsen is not Barry Allen's number one fan right now. But 
um, one of my friends tweeted the line that Kara says to James in that scene, which is, I don't know what I'm saying. I'm so much better at doing, which I feel like is such a great statement at like for Kara as a character. Like she's not really good at, at talking her feelings and she's so much better at just acting and doing. And so it's, it's so funny because she kisses him finally. And when the kiss breaks, I, there was that great moment too, where you see the, the myriad of emotions go across Kara's face. And she's like, was that good? Not good. And then she makes the joke like too good, you know, like she's trying to, because he's, cause he's completely, you know, deadpan and slack jawed, like for, and she doesn't know why, of course, at first, but it's interesting because you see like she's really nervous and then she's even more nervous and then she tries to deflect with humor. Like it was such a great little quick transition between all those three things because it's such a big moment for her and like that like them as a potential couple too. So yeah, overall I really liked it. The only thing I felt a little I don't know. It also felt a little weird to kind of like slip that scene in at the end, but I think it's also probably because they're setting it up for the greater, like the greater arc that's going to come in next episode. So I think that was a way, that was a way for them to be like, look, we're giving you what you want, but ha ha ha, we're taking it away. (laughs) Yeah. Well, good, good writers usually do that. And what what I think is really um, fun for me, uh, about that moment where James is kind of brainwashed is that I think right before it, in the vicinity of that moment, they show the Omega, Omega Hedron or the Omega Hedron, however you oh, want to yeah. pronounce it. And in Supergirl, the movie, that is the tool that Selena uses to kind of control Ethan in that movie and control people uh, using that object. So I'm wondering if that kind of comes into play and in how they're controlling everybody through whatever myriad is we'll find out more about that i'm sure um the the most impactful thing i think for me about that scene where Kara and james kiss is that she has her glasses off she took her glasses off and that's been a a running theme in the season that you know we've heard from the writers of the show is that when Kara has her glasses off that means that's a big emotional moment for her so i think it was actually very appropriate as a metaphor that she didn't have her glasses on in that scene um, well, since, since we're kind of running out of time, let's uh, kind of just go around and hear everybody's kind of overall thoughts about the episode. Um, what did you think about it? And would you like to see this kind of thing again? Um, we'll start with Lauren. I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. It was really fun to live tweet with everybody because everyone was having such a good time with it. I think it really landed well for both fans of Supergirl and fans of the flash. I'm really excited that the ratings were so well. I think the boost was really huge because the flash fans who, you know, tuned in to watch Supergirl and, you know, at the end of it, like I saw people live tuning the East coast feed and saying, Oh, I want to see a crossover with arrow. And I, I, you know, when I was reading those tweets, I was thinking, ah, you know, it would be okay, but it wouldn't be that. I mean, I'm not like all for it, but the second (laughs) that episode, but no, but by the second that episode ended, I was like, Oh my God, I need a crossover with Supergirl and the flash and legends of tomorrow and arrow. And we need some sort of like big bad that all of them need to come together to take down like 
in my heart, I was screaming for that. So I don't know when that's going to happen, but there was something that they set up just by dropping those lines about infinite earths and crisis and all these other earths. And I am so excited for that. And I am, I'm like, I hope we see it sooner than later because I think it would be really epic. Cool. Yeah. Um, Andy, what did you think about it? I mean, yes, I want to see this again. Like, like, you know, can I have it? Can I have it like this every week? Uh, <laughs> you know, because it was amazing that way. Uh, yeah, no, I agree with Lauren that it was. You know, it was not just only fun to watch that episode, but see, you know, the two sh- the, the two fans of both shows come together and enjoy it together because these are the two best comic book shows on TV right now uh, and in the DC TV franchise especially. And I and I do think we're gonna set up something where they all become one universe eventually because. You know, even though Super Bowl will probably remain on CBS forever, I'm sure they're going to merge universes together at some point where we can have them do a little bit easier crossover stuff like that. Uh, I am, um, you know, I've never had, you know, I love TV. I love television. That's why I work as a TV writer. But this, this is episodes like this, events like this is why I work in the field that I do. And, you know, everything was just amazing. There was so many good one-liners and I can't, I can't, you know, I want to see more of it. And, you know, I, I love the score combination from Blake Lingley that he, I never realized how similar those themes were when you put them together because it almost sounds like one, you know, one through theme basically. And I think that's, you know, I love when they, you know, it was, what is it called? Music. Uh, I'm, is a mashup? Is that what they call them when they take two songs or themes and put them together? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I really loved. Uh, I love that we also and also lastly, um, because I have to. I love the fact that uh, Barry was faster than Kara. So the end. No end uh, of discussion. I, I think that's still up for debate. I don't know that that okay. was proven in the warehouse. She gets there before he does, and then when they but race, she has to throw him through the portal. So I don't think it would. I don't think anyone was declared a winner. I think that's very debatable. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Taking one sip, I'm just saying, you know, I we, we saw who was the clear winner, but hey, you know what? None of my business. Okay. All right. Well, and- <laughs> it's it's fine if Barry's faster than her. I mean, he's it's his one thing. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Drop the wait, mic. Wait, 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 wait. What happens if the sun is gone? Oh wait, she is. She has no powers. When, but he has a speed force that doesn't need any battery or sunlight or whatnot. Oh, by the way, does Barry have any weaknesses? No, wait a minute. He doesn't have a stupid green rock from another planet. Okay, you know and, what? And, and I'm he's... from the Flash podcast, and I can admit that Barry has weaknesses. So let's continue with our overall thoughts. Please. At, at, at least Kara doesn't need a. Cost Cosmic tre- treadmill to use her powers. Okay, Carly, <laughs> um, uh, what are your thoughts about this episode? Oh my gosh, oh, I love you guys. Um, it was so great. It was just so great from start to finish. I somebody somebody proposed the idea of Supergirl visiting the Flash. for this for the sequel, which I feel like would be fantastic. But then I also feel like. I was really disappointed that we didn't get to see Alex and uh, Martian Manhunter meeting Barry. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, there have to be so many more sequels to this because <laughs> I just want I want like the combination of all these characters meeting. Like I just want a scene with John Jones and Joe West. I need it in my life. Like I need David Harewood yes. and Jesse L. Martin to just like be excellence be like father figure excellence all over my screen together um 
it was just really, really, really good overall. I my my only complaint was that I felt like there were I'm hoping also that there are just like so many deleted scenes from this episode <laughs> that we didn't get to see, like Kara and Barry getting donuts, Kara and Barry <laughs> doing karaoke, Kara and Barry like I, I don't know. I just want all the scenes with Kara and Barry on my TV all the time. Just on, I just want to watch this episode on the loop because it would just it just would make me so happy. Morgan, what were your thoughts about this episode? Yeah, this uh, this episode was basically just like sunshine, like shining out of my television and making me so happy. It was just such a good episode. It was so fun. It was so lighthearted. Uh, the two main, you know, Kara uh, and Barry are just so charming and they work so well together. They have such great chemistry. I didn't like want to give him back to the flesh. I was like, no, can we keep him forever? <laughs> Please don't make him leave. Uh, I just, I, yeah, I was, I was agreeing like the whole time Carly was seeking because I, I literally would have just watched an episode where they don't fight anyone and they just go out for donuts and then they just like maybe do like a food tour of National City and that would have been like <laughs> riveting television for me. I, I, I hope that they do it, uh, these crossovers a million more times. Uh, and I, and I, I literally don't even need them to be fighting anybody. Like I would watch a whole hour of them just hanging out. Cause I think that that would be delightful. Like they're just so, they just play so well off of each other. I, uh, it was such a good episode. Yeah, well, they definitely would have to go out to eat a lot because they both need to consume lots of calories. So uh, that would be really fun to see. Um, I I love this episode. I loved seeing the Super Supergirl and the Flash together. I loved seeing. I'm a huge fan of villains and Live Wires. One of my favorites of Supergirl season one. So I was glad to see her back. And Andy, you talked about the the musical scores. And not only it was fun was it fun to hear the Flash's theme on Supergirl. I was glad to hear that Live Wire musical theme come back. That that's one of my favorite parts about the music on the show i did have one small complaint that i was kind of upset about because and i know this is something that you didn't win uh, no that's <laughs> not it because that's not true um but <laughs> um i i thought it was really strange that you know supergirl at the beginning of the episode and and i sort of took this as a joke and laughed at it at first where she says oh i helped a family assemble their ikea table to try and win people back and it's still not enough and at first I was like oh that's funny because you know I hate Ikea and I can totally <laughs> identify with that but the more I thought about it the more it kind of bothered me that like small actions were not enough like small heroic actions like even something like that where like I was thinking about it like you know if somebody came over to help me fix my Ikea table I would be like wow you used time in your life and your day to come come and help me with something and i just that sort of bothered me in, in a weird way that like you know it you know it had to be this super heroic thing that she saves everybody in the helicopter and you know th that's that's what wins the people back and i i just kind of thought you know i almost would have been more impacted by Supergirl going around doing really small things for people and doing things that meant something to, you know, something personal to people. So I guess that was my one gripe about the episode because I was like, I mean, I get what they were doing. They were trying to, you know, make it a big deal where all of the people of National City saw her as this big hero that did this big thing. And I, I get that. But I, I just thought that that was a little strange. But overall, I thought it was really fun and I hope they find a way to do something like this again even though 
that kind of thing might be a little t- tough to pull off with all the different earths, but hopefully they can find a way to make it work. Um, well, I think that's going to be the end of our discussion about World's Finest. So let's find out what our listeners had to say about it. At JustDoug77 wrote, balls" <laughs> in all caps. At Craig R. MACD says, best superhero crossover ever. I hope we get Supergirl teaming up with Black Canary and Hawkgirl in season two. Wouldn't that be amazing? At Wahoo FX says, maybe one of the best, maybe one of the greatest pieces of television entertainment ever. There's no uh, understatement. It was definitely historic (laughs) for TV, for sure. At Bman923 says, I loved it. Barry and Kara are great friends. No judging and no bossing around. Not like when Oliver and Barry first teamed up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At Mark HBPWM says, Italia Ricci's makeup looked great and the Silver Banshee origin was well done. More Supergirl in the Flash, please. At MarianHet27 says, The title itself defined this episode, World's Finest. At Madtown Davidson says, what a fun episode. Barry and Kara had so much chemistry together. Hope we get a crossover next season. At Like a Ditsy Do says, it made me so happy. Hoping next season Kara gets to go to Barry's Earth. And that hug. <laughs> so cute. At Carino004 says, it was a weak episode. Lots of fan service. Good for ratings and new viewers. I Take you, a seat and get effed out of there. Yeah. That was not weak. It's someone's opinion, and I think that's great that we can have different uh, different opinions oh, about it. Um, and what's and fan service, but, but I but I don't necessarily think fan service is a bad thing all the time. Um, uh, I actually thought it was nice that they uh, kind of paid tribute to both the Flash and Supergirl's shows show histories. So um, totally respect that opinion, and I think it's great that everybody has a different perspective. Um, but I think the fan service was actually something I was happy about. What fan service was it that? You know, because I didn't really see any of that. It was well, just like, you know, oh. the whole idea of the episode was fan service. That's true. That's, yeah, that's true. I would, I would, that's I would why, agree with that. Like, that's why we I, liked I don't think it. It's, yeah, I don't think it's, I don't think it's particularly a negative unless um, you're not into it and then it is. But yeah, like if, if you're not into fan service, this is probably not going to be your favorite episode. Right. But if you are, absolutely it's going to be your favorite episode like it is ours <laughs> okay i will digress people are, i guess are allowed to have their own opinions they, I are, guess. they are kira like you know you know like, i'm just gonna go in on hack grandma right now because everyone should think what i think <laughs> <laughs> at nikki underscore thompson says it was amazing one of my favorite crossovers so far for sure please tell me there's going to be more fingers crossed <laughs> at guitar be. yeah right at Katara says, I really liked this episode. I thought The Flash and Supergirl did a great job fighting the bad girls. The evil Taylor Swift squad. <laughs> At Film Fan 2013 says, It convinced me to finally start watching The Flash. Yay! Yay! New Flash. Hyper- new episodes. What? Uh, no shameless plug here. Yeah, check out The Flash podcast. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At Zach Yurick says, shocked to see that Cat knew Barry was the Flash, but it was still a great episode. At 94 Beyond says, kudos to the cast, especially Grant Gustin. Uh, at Bruins Fan 3725 says, favorite part has to be the city protecting Kara and that kiss. <laughs> All at, <laughs> at Call Me Topaz says, it was really good. Banshee should have stuck to her street clothes, though. <laughs> 
we need more Super Flash. Also, that ending, what? It's true. At Super Flash HQ says, oh, good username. Uh, creepy but cool ending. So mysterious. <laughs> yeah, it's a good ending that kind of makes you want to come back and see what, what's going on with the city. Um, so thank you guys for tweeting in your thoughts. And thank you to Lauren and Andy uh, from the Flash Podcast for making time to join us to talk about this historic crossover episode of Supergirl. It's a huge thing for a CBS show and a CW show to kind of combine forces. So th- this is awesome. Um, where can our listeners find you guys on the Internet? Uh, I guess we'll start with Lauren. You guys can find me on Twitter at Lauren Galloway. And you guys can also find me uh, recapping The Flash and Arrow on comicbookresources.com every Tuesday and Wednesday night. And Andy? Yeah, they can find uh, they can find me on Twitter at Andy Babacht, and they can find all my work that I do on TV Overmind, Hero of Hollywood, uh, and they can also check out uh, Maya Lawrence website uh, for more, all Marvel things, themarvelport.com, and, and of course the and uh, where you can find links to iTunes and Facebook and Twitter and all those things. And um, yeah, I guess uh, that's where you can find me. Yeah, and uh, I can definitely, from personal experience, recommend the Flash podcast. It's a good podcast with some great people who have great thoughts. So definitely check it out if you haven't already. Um, oh, thank you. <laughs> well, if you want to contact Supergirl Radio, you can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. You can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. And we have become a literal Supergirl Radio on Spotify. So if you like music from the show or music about Supergirl, definitely check out our playlist. We are available on iTunes and Stitcher. So if you have time, we encourage you to give us a rating and write a review. And we're also a part of the DC TV podcast circle. So if you also like Gotham, Arrow, The Flash, uh, Legends of Tomorrow, and even the DC movies, subscribe to our DC TV podcast mega feed and follow at DC TV podcasts on Twitter and then like DC TV podcasts on Facebook. And as for me, you can follow me on Twitter at DerbyKid, that's D-E-R-B-Y-K-I-D, and watch videos I've shot and edited on my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash duckmilkprod. That's D-U-C-K-M-I-L-K-P-R-O-D. You can find me on Twitter at Equivocarly, E-Q-U-I-V-O-C-A-R-L-Y, and I am also frequently on the Mary Sue at themarysue.com, as well as Weekend Editor. And sometimes just elsewhere on the internet screaming about ships. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter at Mojotastic. That's M-O-J-O-T-A-S-T-I-C. Uh, you can find my writing on Buddy TV. And I'm also, uh, uh, you can hear me on the Legends of Tomorrow podcast, which you should also listen to. You should definitely <laughs> check that out. Also some good people and a good podcast. Um, well, thank you to everyone who has been listening. And before we close out the podcast, we'd like to remind everyone that Supergirl got there first. 